Hello, I'm Ren Ferguson. I'm one of the ministers here at the Collinsville Troy Church of Christ. I'm so glad that you have joined us today. We are going to be in Matthew chapter 24. Now, this is one of the most misunderstood chapters in all of the Bible. I'm sure if you're like me, whenever COVID hit the U.S. last year, People were talking about how this is the end of times, how Jesus is about to return, and they come to this chapter to try to prove that. Well, Jesus might be about to return. Jesus might return before this video is over. I don't know. But I do know that these signs that Jesus talks about in Matthew chapter 24 have nothing to do with his second coming and the destruction of the world. What he is talking about is the destruction of Jerusalem, and we're going to look at a couple of different things to try to prove that. Now, the first part of this chapter in verses 1 through 35, where he lists all of these signs, he is talking about the destruction of Jerusalem. But the last part of this chapter, verses 36, really going all the way through the end of chapter 25, he's addressing his second coming. If you look at uh, verse 2, of chapter 24 he answered them you see all these do you not truly I say to you there will not be left one here or here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down as he sat on the Mount of Olives, his disciples came to him privately saying tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age his disciples are asking him a couple of different questions because Jesus has just prophesied about the destruction of Jerusalem and the destruction specifically of the temple. And so they're asking, when are these things going to happen? What's going to be the signs of these things? And what is going to be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? They're asking, when are all of these things going to come to pass? When is the temple and Jerusalem going to be destroyed? And when are you going to return? They're asking a couple of different questions here, and that's what Jesus answers throughout the rest of this chapter and in chapter 25. He addresses all of these questions. And in verses 3, going down really, I guess, really verses 35, he's talking about all of the different signs. And of course, he talks about, and this is something that I'm sure you've heard quoted quite a bit, wars and rumors of wars and all of these things. In verse 6, you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars, see that you are not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginning of the birth pains. Jesus is saying when you start to hear and, and see all of these things happening, you'll know that it is near. The end of the world, as he says in verse 6, the end is not yet. But the destruction of Jerusalem is near. It's about to occur. And again, a lot of people will point out and they'll say, well, we have a lot of wars going on now, a lot of wars and rumors of war, so it has to be the, the signs of the end of the age. There have been wars since virtually the beginning of time. That has always been the case. And until Christ does return, that always will be the case. What Jesus is talking about specifically here is the destruction of Jerusalem. And he warns them, he gives them several different admonitions. Many false prophets are going to come and he tells them to not listen to them. And, and in verses 15 
through 28 especially, he gives a couple of different things that are very important for us to remember and to notice. He says in verse 15, When you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel, standing in the holy place, let the reader understand, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Now he makes a few statements here, and I have the same question for all of them, and the question is, why? If these are the signs of the end of the world, why would God command them to do these things? Why would he, in verse 16, command them to flee into the mountains? If this is the end of the world, what would being in the mountains do? What would fleeing to the mountains do if Christ is returning and he's going to destroy the world? What difference does it make where we are located geographically? It wouldn't. What he's talking about is the destruction of Jerusalem. And when they see that Jerusalem is about to be destroyed, he says, flee, get out of here. Go into the mountains so that you can escape the destruction of Jerusalem. Another thing that he says in verses 17 and 18, when someone sees it and he's on his housetop, he says, don't even go down into your house to pack. He says, leave. And if you're out in the field in verse 18, don't go back to your house to get your cloak. He says, just leave. Get out of there. Again, why would he tell us to do that if it was the end of the world? What difference would it make? Why, why does he feel the need to tell them to not go back in, down into their house, to not return to their house to grab their things if this is the destruction of the world? It's not going to make any difference. In verse 19, another one, Alas, for women who are pregnant and for those who are nursing infants in those days. Again, the question is, if this is the end of the world, why would it matter if a woman is pregnant or if a woman is nursing? Because it's going to be the end of the world. Those things are going to be over. Again, he's talking about the destruction of Jerusalem. All of these signs that he lists here in this chapter are pointing them towards the destruction of Jerusalem. And he's giving them these signs so that they might be able to escape. Again in verse 20, Pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath. Again, if it were the, the end of the world, why would that matter? Why would it matter if Jesus came back on the Sabbath? Or why would it matter if he came back in the winter? And the answer is it wouldn't. So Jesus, as he's pointing out all of these things, giving them all of these signs of the destruction of Jerusalem, but something else that's really important to note is the language that Jesus is using as he is discussing these things. Especially notice what he says in verse 22, And if those days had not been cut short. At the end of verse 22, But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. Talking about a plurality of day. Talking about a period of time. But then whenever you come down and again looking at uh, verses 32 through 35, he gives the lesson of the fig tree and he tells them in verse 32 from the fig tree, I'll learn its lesson. As soon as its branches become tender and put uh, out its leaves, you know that, it, that summer is near. So also when you see all these things, you know that he is near at the very gates. Jesus is saying, just like you can tell the seasons based on what the fig tree does, when you see these signs, you will know that the destruction of Jerusalem is at hand. 
And as he is going through all of these signs and talking about those days or these days or things of that nature, in verse 36, we see a transition. Verse 36 opens up, but. That's a conjunction. He's, he's showing a distinction between what he has just talked about in verses 1 through 35 and what he's about to talk about all the way through the end of chapter 25. He says, but concerning that day, again, notice the change in language, that day and hour, not those days, but that day, a specific particular day, not a period of time, but an instance in time. That day, an hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, and get this, nor the Son, but the Father only. If what Jesus is talking about at the beginning of this chapter is the destruction of Jerusalem, then either he is lying about the signs, or if he, rather, if it is talking about the end of the world, then either he is lying about all of these signs, or he's lying about not knowing when the end of the world is going to be. Jesus says here, not even the Son knows when that is going to happen. He's just given them all of these signs, and these signs point towards the destruction of Jerusalem, but, again in verse 36, he's contrasting that with his second coming. No one knows when that's going to, ha when that's going to happen. You'll know when Jer Jerusalem's about to be destroyed, but you're not going to know when the Son is going to return, when I am going to return. And he goes on to continue making this point throughout the rest of this chapter. And he uses an, an example in verses 43 through 51. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore you also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. So he's saying you have all of these signs for the destruction of Jerusalem. You know when it's going to happen and you're going to be able to flee. But you always need to be ready for the second coming of, of Christ, for my return. Because it's going to come, as he says, and as Peter says in 2 Peter 3, it's going to come as a thief in the night. You're not going to know when it happens. Thieves do not give you a call on Tuesday and say, hey, I'm going to break into your house on Friday night. They don't start sending you letters warning you, hey, I'm going to come. I'm about to break into your house. They don't put a sign out in your yard and tell you that on Friday night at 2 o'clock in the morning, I'm going to break into your house. They don't give you any sign. They don't give you any warning at all. They come when you least expect it. And Jesus, again, is comparing the destruction of Jerusalem with his second coming. The destruction of Jerusalem had all of these signs leading up to it, so they knew when it was going to be, but his second coming was not going to have any signs for it at all. And it was going to come at a time that they did not expect. And so that's what he's getting into here in Matthew chapter 24. And we'll continue talking about this on Monday whenever we look at chapter 25. But I thank you so much for your time and for your attention. If you have any questions about these things, feel free to get in touch with us. You can message us on Facebook. You can call us, whatever, whatever is most convenient for you. But thank you so much for your time and for your attention. And again, please come back Monday as we continue to discuss the second coming of Christ.
Thank you so much for your attention.